On today's Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we talk about the impending AJ Green explosion, the impending Will Fuller even bigger explosion of 200 yards, assuming he does not miss the game with a hamstring pull, which, I mean, he's Will Fuller, so who knows, and why the Dolphins could beat the Seahawks. Are we serious about this? Yeah. Why the Dolphins could change Russell Wilson's nickname from Mr. Unlimited to Mr. Limited. What do you mean? What, his nickname's Mr. Unlimited? Who calls him that? He calls him the video. The, <laughs> Russell also calls himself Mr. Unlimited. Are you screwing with me? His the video he made like right before the season. You're screwing no, with me. What? No, on Instagram. <laughs> he made a video calling himself Mr. Unlimited. Heifetz, you are more plugged in than anybody I know. Okay, so it's you haven't seen Wedding Crashers. You've never been to Coachella, <laughs> and you don't know that Russell Wilson calls himself Mr. Unlimited. Uh, no, I, I. Why does he call himself? <laughs> I don't know. Why does he do anything? He's kind of weird. He made a selfie video weird. calling himself Mr. Unlimited. Okay. Well, I guess Mr. Unlimited, it might get limited this week. So we've got that coming and more. So stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I am Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. And Craig just declined a call from his mother to record this podcast. How do you know it wasn't important, Craig? To be fair, it was a text. Oh, okay. <laughs> My family group text is popping off. And I'm like, hey, I'm busy, people. I'm working. Do not disturb. I'm going to have to share my Google Calendar with my freaking mom. By the way, I mute every single one of my group texts. Like, really? literally every single one. Yeah, I do most of them. Yeah, it's the worst when you just have 68 texts and you open and then you're like 66 of them are just someone arguing about a trade that they want <laughs> vetoed. And then two of them are just, were actually important. And I didn't see any of them. Did you guys see that on Apple? You can now have calls coming from numbers that you don't know go straight to voicemail. Your phone doesn't even ring. Ooh, yeah, because they don't know how to deal with spam because the spam has gotten out of control. Now I'm getting spam texts. They're out of AT&T and Verizon is duopoly. And now they can't even, and then, you have Sprint and T-Mobile running these ads like, oh, answer your call, answer your phone without worrying. And I'm like, wow, I do remember when my phone I would know. ring. And I'm like, I wonder if this is a human being. For every one real call I get, I get like 25 fake calls. <laughs> this is just like a, a, a giant thing that's happened this year that's been buried because of the to-do list of this country is just off the charts. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, this is like number 110, but yeah. Nobody has their phone ring anymore and is like, oh yeah, that's definitely a person. Yeah. Like that, I wish, you know what? Let's go back to that. <laughs> anyway, my God, that's not fun. Let's do a fun fact. We got a great email from Mike. Thanks, Mike. Did you guys know that Frank Gore was Jim Thorpe's backup on the Canton Bulldogs before leaving to fight in World War One? <laughs> World War One. <I. laughs> he averaged 2.6 <laughs> yards per carry and was fined for re refusing to wear the leather helmet. Did you see that? It was like Frank Gore is the only player in the NFL to are the only running back in the starting running back in the NFL who was around before Thursday night football was invented. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, is that That's real? amazing. Yeah. That's a better fact. Okay. That'll be a real fact. Uh, oh man. Well, shout out to Frank Gore for who did we decide was the Frank Gore of the animal kingdom? Sharks. Sharks. There. So we're on a Frank Gore kick. We really like the expansion of time, don't we? Yo, That's can I say that I told a theme. group of friends the other day that sharks were older than trees and like everybody didn't really believe me and I kind of forgot all the reasons. So I kind of just was like, <laughs> You're like no, well, I'm pretty sure it's true. And they were like, how is that possible? And I was like, I don't know. I, I really was <laughs> doubting it when I read the email and then I Googled it. I was shocked. Like, no, yeah, it's like 400 million for trees and 350, or sorry, 450 for sharks, 350 for trees. I just don't get that. Like, how, like 
Like, I, I thought there were plants before animals, but I guess I think not. things were swimming around in the ocean before they were crawling around on land. That's why well, we're talking had, about like, a tree. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> oceans like the primordial soup of yeah, the yeah. of the earth, and they believe that life may have formed outside the the heat volcanoes that spew into the ocean. That that is where the microbes there are very resilient. They can basically survive at like 800 that like inside lava they can like live and they think that's where earth might have first had life and i swear to god that's actually from like a bbc thing it's not like something i read on reddit anyway Those resilient microbes i'm excited about danny's segment seg segue here what are we going to do here well speaking of resiliency we have some bold calls we're going to get to some gut calls mm. no, no you, got, you got to say speaking of resiliency we're going to bounce back from last week's predictions <laughs> yeah, that would have gotten the ding, wouldn't it? Okay. Okay. Craig can get the ding. Last week's predictions could not have survived at the uh, mouth of an underwater volcano. Well, mine certainly, mine was fine. I had Tyler Lockett as a top five receiver taking advantage. Yeah, of that one was correct. That one was correct. That one I, that one I dung on. Ding? Is that the past tense of a ding? Dung dung. Dung. Ding? <laughs> dung. Dung beetles going in straight lines because they look at the Milky Way. See? All right, Hyvitz, hit your, hit your gut gut bold. Yeah, sorry. Lockett was top five receiver. That worked. Kenyon Drake would be a top five running back. That was not true. And then I said Chiefs Ravens would be boring. You were kind of right. I did not hit the specific number we put on this of under 45 points, but what do you guys think? I think the game was not as exciting as people thought it would be. Yeah, I think I kind of have to admit that it wasn't as exciting as I'd hoped. It wasn't all that exciting, period. You know, I was because I, I think what would have made it exciting is if both offenses would have looked awesome and one offense looked bad. So. I think you're right. I think spiritually, you're correct. Technically, you were wrong, but uh, we'll give you like half credit for that one. <laughs> okay. Can you, I want the half ding. All right. DK, you had... Well, it's a rough take week. us through your gut calls from last week. Logan Thomas, top six tight end. He did not do that. He was a tight end 28. I will say, however, that there's some very interesting statistics. <laughs> Just a bit outside. <laughs> that, that one is a good... That one, no, that that save that one for a little bit later, Craig. Okay, I'll save this out the together. Indians even. pitcher, the Charlie Sheen <laughs> Indians pitcher, got rocked in real life. That was the yeah. worst outing of his life yesterday. Tried for the corner and missed. Um, no, so Logan Thomas is a very interesting, no, like subject in the tight end like fantasy world because like right now, based on expected fantasy points and his usage and his routes and his targets and everything that goes along with like. His underlying usage, he should be like the number two tight end in fantasy. Yeah, he's just but their empty offense calories. is just terrible, so they can't get him the ball. Uh, Dwayne Haskins has really struggled. It's just yeah. So I think like I would just like to point that out that like his usage is really awesome. It's he's kind of like the AJ Green right now of tight ends. Like he's getting targeted a million times. He's just not doing anything with it. So I'm gonna say stick with him. Don't drop him quite yet because things could turn around. But he he's at this point, he's probably not like a, a solid starter just because Well, you can drop him in a 10 so team league, right? But in a 12 team sure, league, sure. maybe not. Yeah, sure. Um my CD Lamb, my other gut call was CD Lamb outscores all other Dallas skill players. That was Cedric Wilson. Um we all know I'll who give Cedric you Wilson half is, credit right? for this. The spirit of yeah, we all know Cedric The spirit of what you said of like the slot would dominate was correct. It just was the wrong person. If you're going to get the spirit of the game was boring, I'm going to get the spirit of this <laughs> prediction was correct because um, the Seahawks middle of the field, essentially my analysis was the Seahawks give up a shit ton of stuff in the middle of the field. And that's absolutely true. In fact, through through three games, I saw this stat today from PFF, Jared Evans. He said the Seahawks defense versus players lined up in the slot this year, 59 targets most, 41 catches most, 580 yards most, which is 149 yards more than anyone. <laughs> the analysis was C.D. Lamb lined up in the slot is going to go go ham. Instead, it was Cedric Wilson. Um, so I was incorrect on that one. But um, can we? Does anyone know where Cedric Wilson went to college? DK, do you know? I do because I uh, Boise State because I was. Yeah. I literally said, "Who is this guy?" And a bunch of people, I guess Boise State fans were were mad at me. But Cedric Wilson kind of just went off, and C.D. Lamb. He ended up not playing a bunch, a, a little bit down the down the stretch was a little bit strange. I think he kind of got banged up and. Uh, McCarthy said after the game he'd been like playing too many snaps is like you need to do a little bit of like load maintenance or whatever so mm. anyway that's an interesting fact I don't think that'll be something to like that will carry on but got to keep that in mind and then my bold take was spectacularly wrong <laughs> this is tough now we can drop the just about outside <laughs> he he actually ended up so my my bold take was Taysom Hill explosion game was coming I think the the technical <laughs> Over under was 17 fantasy points. He finished with 
negative fantasy points. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. So, <laughs> I mean, not great. Not a great. I wouldn't say that was a great prediction. I've given up hope in Taysom Hill. I had some I had some legitimate, genuine hope that Taysom Hill would do stuff this year, that he would be like a fun fantasy option. I'm losing that hope quickly. So my biggest concern with Taysom Hill is, yeah, I think everybody kind of wants him to be good, right? But there was a specific play on Sunday night where they ran some, it was like a pass play, maybe like an option to run or something like that. And Chris Collinsworth was like, Look at the middle of the field on this play. Yeah. Like Emmanuel yeah. Sanders is wide open. Like this is the easiest read a quarterback can make. Like that ball should be thrown and completed. Like any quarterback can do it. And Taysom yeah. Hill like didn't even see it and just like took off for a five yard yeah. run. And that's pretty. That's pretty scary. I think the interpretation was that the Saints paid Taysom Hill a lot of money, and so they have big plans for him. And in reality, it's Sean Payton and the Saints tend to be somewhat emotional about letting players leave, as in they don't do it anymore. And they kept him because the thought of letting him leave and letting like all the play designs they have for him go just seemed incomprehensible. So they kept him, even though it was a ludicrous price, but he is not an NFL quarterback and he's not going to be an NFL quarterback. Why did they let Jimmy Graham and Brandon Cooks go then? Like that doesn't really jive with like their, their previous I think there are regrets. Like, just- he, when they signed Malcolm Jenkins, he said it was the biggest mistake I've made as a coach was letting Malcolm Jenkins leave this building. What about Mark Ingram? Let him go. Well, they had Alvin Kamara. That one seems fine. <laughs> but regardless, like the Taysom Hill thing, it's just not happening at this point. And I so, wonder if he's just really good in practice. Stop trying to make fetch a thing. That's yeah. That's I'm gonna stop trying to make here. Taysom Hill a thing officially. So I'm I'm done with that. Let's let's move on. Craig, your last week, you went. Take us through it. My one of my gut calls is that Allen Robinson gets back on track and scores 20 fantasy points or more. And he did. He scored 23.3. Nice. And it was pretty split. He scored his touchdowns with with Foles, but he had a was having a good game with Trubisky. Um, my second gut call, not so much. Josh Kelly would be a top 15 back and outscore Austin Eckler on the Chargers. That was wrong. Austin Eckler was a top five back and Josh Kelly was a top 50 back. And by that I mean he was the 50th scoring running back. <laughs> <laughs> What's the lesson here, Craig? Is it game script? Game script matters a lot with Kelly. But I don't know. The Chiefs, I just got so, I got so bamboozled by the Chiefs game. I, I know the game was close and so maybe they gave the ball to Kelly more, but I just felt like they were so invested in him because of how many touches they gave him against, against the Chiefs. But Kelly only thrives when there's a pregame stabbing. At one point, at one point in the second quarter, right before the, the half, basically, the Panthers went up 18 to seven. So they played the entire, most of the first half, the entirety of the second half from behind. And I think that's a big reason that Eckler was way more involved. I think if you're, if you're seeing the Chargers leading a game, like they were for a large part of the time against the Chiefs, that's where Kelly gets in and, you know, really makes his mark. So keep that in mind. Um, the game script. You know, if the hard part about that is when you have a rookie quarterback, it's going to be hard to be predictable about when they're going to have leads. Yeah, yeah. And cr- like Craig said, he did fumble. So and Eckler's just like fully back on track. I mean, the guy had eleven catches last week. And then yeah. my, my bold prediction is right on par with with um, DK's Drew <laughs> Sample, who I introduced to fantasy audiences last week. Uh, I predicted he would be a top seven tight end this week. He was not. He had one catch for one yard. <laughs> One so literally yard. a small sample. I love it. Small sample size. He he played a shit ton. He just blocked the whole time because he's a good blocker. But he also apparently he ran a bunch of routes and it just didn't work out. I'm not giving up. I wouldn't. I wouldn't start sample this week. But I'm not giving up on him. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm giving up on him. I'll give up on him. I'll give <laughs> up on fair. him for both of us. I, <laughs> I think that's fair. Heifetz. It seemed to be T Higgins is the guy who took off for Cincinnati. Not true sample. Higgins kind of looks like a tight end. I know he's not like that heavy, but for whatever reason, every time I see him, I'm like, he's eight, number 85. Receivers don't wear 85 anymore, hardly ever. It's like always numbers in the... Di- it's in just the, him and like, CeeDee Lamb brought back the 80s. I yeah. love Can that, you actually name... Way. I blew it with CeeDee Lamb. Can you name the other prominent receiver who wears a number in the 80s? Prominent rookie or prominent player? Other player all? in the NFL. Actually, Tyler Boyd is like the only other one with like an 80s number. What? Yeah, he's the Tyler only Boyd. one? It's Tyler Boyd, CeeDee Lamb... Yeah, Roger Sherman did an article about this last year, I believe. Like and all receivers, Landry. 
Oh yeah, Jarvis Landry does too. Oh, Jarvis. That's basically it. That is the list of, re- of good receivers who wear number. Wow, 80. that's crazy. Like, the I best receiver wears number eighty in the NFL is probably Tyler Boyd. Yeah, it, like so. I I love T Higgins coming out. Like he was one of my favorite rookie prospects. And when I saw him on the field, in whatever it was a couple of weeks ago, I was like, "Who is this? Like, who's Higgins? I don't know who this Higgins person is." Because it was in the eighty. He was he's number eighty five. I was like, "What is? Who is this tight end? I don't know who this guy is." And then I was like, oh, shit, that's T. Higgins. <laughs> like, I was not expecting it. I associate T. Higgins and Josh Kelly together because they wore the same college colors as they do in the NFL. Because yeah. T. Higgins went from Clemson to the Bengals and Josh Kelly went from UCLA to the Chargers. So oh, I yeah, just think that's... of it as like, imagine being T. Higgins and just orange will define your entire life. I don't know how I feel about that. He doesn't have that. to throw away all his sweats. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, we went from the ringer to Spotify. Green, green. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, we know. It, it, it's nice. It's nice to keep the color scheme. Okay, so that was how we did last week. Let's get into the gut calls for bold predictions for this week. Gut, gut, bold. DK, give us gut, a gut, gut call bold. for this week. Summon your inner connection to the Earth's electromagnetic field. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it this week. I'm feeling the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire explosion game finally coming. I mean, obviously, he's he's been good throughout his first three games, but... Maybe not like top seven, top six good like we thought he'd be. Right now, he's the uh, currently the uh, the running back 13 and a half PPR. So um, I'm calling a very good like explosion game. So I, I'll define that by top five among rece- uh, running backs this week. And he's going up against the Patriots who have, as you guys know, pretty solid secondary in terms of their cornerbacks. Very good cornerbacks. I think, you know, going up against the Chiefs, Belichick typically will take away like a team's best player or best, like most dangerous target. I think that's probably going to be Tyree kill. I, I mean, I guess I, I, let me ask you guys, who who do you take up away? Like probably Kelsey and Tyreek is like the number one priorities, right? I think you would try and take away the middle of the field and Travis Kelsey. I would take away Byron Pringle. That's the number one option. <laughs> no, but if you're talking about Kelsey or Hill, who do you think? So would you bench one it's of not, those people? It's, it's not CEH. I wouldn't bench any of them because it's the Chiefs and because it's it's uh, you know Patrick Mahomes and we can see, we saw what he did against Ravens. So just don't bench them. But I'm saying like I can see the Patriots either focusing heavily in on Hill or Kelsey and trying to take that guy away. And I think that opens up an opportunity for you know him to be a bigger part of the passing game. Maybe have even like a vertical route in this game and have, like catch a touchdown on a vertical route. So yeah, I'm calling. You know, the Patriots have actually been pretty good so far this year against uh, running backs, but they're sort of middle of the pack, I think, but um, or top third. But yeah, I think overall just we're finally going to get to see kind of that like explosion game that we were hoping for from CEH. He's really started to take off, especially from a receiving perspective. I, there's kind of like he's he's kind of becoming the Julio Jones of running backs when he gets into the red zone where he just like can't punch it in from within 10. I think he's like the only guy with like over a certain amount of carries inside the five that he hasn't scored. But he had a, a ton of targets and catches last week. He also had like a really nice like Hank Aaron kind of catch. If you oh really remember that, um, he looks really good. I think this is a great pick. And just to show what how good the Patriots are at stopping people. I mean, Darren Waller is getting like thirty five catches a game, and then against the Patriots, like he had two. one. Yes, but yeah. not <laughs> the Chiefs and not Andy Reid. One of my favorite stats in this little mini rivalry they have. Not mini. I, I mean, I guess it's the two best coaches of the twenty first century. Bill Belichick's defenses have only given up forty points like seven times and Andy Reid's been three of the seven. Yes, that's that's a great point. You know, like it's always like these crazy blow, like I remember a couple of years there was Chiefs, Chiefs dropped 30 on him all the time. Chiefs blowout and we started talking about Tom Brady getting benched. Do you remember that? That was a few That was six few years ago to ago. the week. It was that was week four 2014. <laughs> that was the on to Cincinnati or 2013. I don't remember. It was the on to Cincinnati game and then they went and they won the Super Bowl. So yeah, yeah. Also, but, I just like you, to correct everybody. I, I said Hank Aaron catch. I meant Willie Mays catch. Oh, uh, right. None of you caught me, so clearly you guys are locked in. I, I was wondering, did Hank Aaron also have a different catch? That I, I, I was thinking, like, he means Willie Mays. I'm like, maybe Hank Aaron had a catch, but I was just thinking about him running around the bases. I'm like, maybe I just don't know enough about Hank Aaron's career. Willie Mays. Thank you for the transparency, because you could have just <laughs> edited that out and then done, like, really clunky. Well, Willie you know Mays how I actually thought about it. I was like, ah, that's a, I was in a, the middle of a long sentence by me. I don't know if I would have been able to cut that out, so I just got to smart swallow it. It's just like a really loud, Willie Mays. Willie Mays. <laughs> Cough. <laughs> Willie Mays. Okay, so DK, you're saying CEH top five running back. I like yep. it. Craig, you had a gut call for this this week. I mean, you better because that's the premise of the episode. Yeah, I think um, this is kind of this kind of falls in the start sit realm for week four. I think Hunter Renfro is going to be a top twenty wide receiver this week versus the Bills. Renfro, nice. Yeah, Gruden's guy, Gruden's grinder, Hunter Renfro. <laughs> 
Worst <laughs> hairline in the league. Buffalo has been really bad against slot guys. All, every game of the year, Jamison Crowder over 100. Isaiah Ford, who no one knows, over 75. Cooper Cup over 100 in a touchdown. And the Raiders are super banged up. Brian Edwards is not going to play. Doesn't look like Ruggs is going to play. So they're left with Aguilar, Waller, and Renfro. And if Tredavious White, you know, takes Aguilar, Renfro is just going to dominate out of the slot. And I think this will be a high-scoring game. And Renfro had a huge week last week. I like this one. DK, what do you make of the Raiders offense? Because I'm confused. The line of this game opened at like two and a half. And I was just confused about it because the Bills are one of the three or four best passing offenses so far. We've talked about how good Josh Allen is. The Raiders suck in pass coverage. The Raiders suck in pass rush. They just lost one of their top cornerbacks. The Giants signed another one of their cornerbacks off the practice squad. And the line is three points. It doesn't make any sense. I'm doing my bets for the week. I was heavily, I was like, why am I not betting the Bills? The Bills are better in every way. They have a better quarterback. They have a better coach. They have a better defense. Yeah, this this wasn't one of my gut calls for the week, but I, I really, I, ha- I do have a gut feeling that just the Bills... I, on paper, at least, seem like they're going to wipe the Raiders defensively. And I was thinking, like, Diggs is going to have a big week. It's a, so Cole Beasley. It's funny that you mentioned the Bills, the Raiders slot guy, because I was thinking about giving Cole, putting Cole Beasley out there. And I do think that I like the Bills this week. If you're saying it's a shootout for people who need someone, like if you have the Steelers Titans unexpected by and you don't, you didn't miss the first week of waivers, Cole Beasley is like a desperation person. You can throw like plug and play if you really have to. Especially if John Brown doesn't play. Yeah, Beasley's exactly. quietly been pretty good. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Uncle Cole. Uncle Cole. Yeah. Cool Uncle Cole. <laughs> so, Heifetz, to answer your question, Vegas, I think their offense has been better than people think it is. Or the perception of Derek Carr is what it is, and it's not good. But they're num- right now, they're number nine in offensive DVA through three weeks. You know, they beat, they just beat the Saints. Now we don't. The Saints are probably not as good as everyone thought they would be before the season, but I don't know. I think that's why. I think that's why this line is so close. Okay, so would you rather plug and play Hunter Renfro or Cole Beasley? Whose gut do you like better, Minor Craig's? I would rather play Beasley, but I, I think they're both very interesting calls because <laughs> I mean they're like I saw I saw Hunter Renfro at the combine, and I mean he does not look like an NFL player. He's just like. The embodiment of like a gritty slot receiver. He is he's he's very grinder. skilled. He he's very quick. He he and Cole Beasley are very similar. Actually, he's very quick. He can ch- like change directions on a dime. He's very technically skilled as a route runner. As a like he catches the ball. Like I don't know. He he's one of those guys. Everyone forever is going to make fun of what he looks like because he just looks like this skinny white dude. It's like how is this guy in the NFL? But he's technically sound and he and he's a good player. Yeah, he's on the team because I think John Gruden watched it. Was like, this is the Gruden grinder, man. Dude, he played. He, he like got a lot of playing time on freaking Clemson's offense. Like he's he's yeah. good, man. Okay, so that's my un- uh, my unofficial gut for the week. I just think that Colby's is going to be solid and the Bills will. But my official one, Will Fuller bounce back game. This is it. This is it. Everyone, it's happening. It's happening this week. The Texans just played the three hardest teams on the schedule, possibly the three best teams in the NFL. In the Chiefs, the Steelers, and the Ravens, or at least three of the best in the AFC at the worst case. Those are three really good defenses. Now they get in the Vikings, who have been a great defense for years. This year, they suck. They let their top three cornerbacks go from last season. This season, they already have their top two cornerbacks are injured. So they're down there, basically their top five cornerbacks from last year. That leaves them with Holton Hill and Jeff Gladney. Do you know how they've been playing so far this season? There are 109 cornerbacks eligible to be graded on Pro Football Focus. 109. Jeff Gladney is 93rd, and Holton Hill is 104th in PFF grades. That's who they got. And in the slot, they have Chris Boyd, who would rank, if he was not eligible, if he were, he would rank 94th. And he's kind of has a hamstring injury too. He might not play. The Vikings cornerback. So if you for those counting at home, that is they are down six cornerbacks of their top eight. And the two who are left are among the bot- worst 15 cornerbacks in the entire sport. If you go four cornerbacks deep, that is not what you want. It is what the Texans want. <laughs> so I think that this is everything. This is the game. And also they don't have a pass rush. So I think Deshaun Watson's going to have time. I think that this is Everything that we've been waiting for from the Texans will happen this week, starting with Will Fuller. But also, if you're wondering about Brandon Cooks, if you're wondering if you need to play him and you you feel burned, I would throw Cooks in. But Will Fuller is the guy specifically. I think it's the best game of his season. I think he 
tops himself in yards, fantasy points, and has a touchdown this week. So what's the what's the number? Yeah, what's the it's, metric? So he had one twelve in week one. So he has one thirteen plus in week in week four and a touchdown. <laughs> one hundred thirteen yards and a TD. Yes. Okay. So can I move that? Can I go to my bold prediction because it's directly related to this? Oh, you know, you're going to be, I get a fate like Will Fuller, zero catches, zero targets. No, my bold prediction is that Will Fuller has over 200 yards receiving. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 200. Yes. That is, that is bold. That's bold. That bold. He's done it before. I think he could do it again. The Vikings give up the second highest yards per attempt to perimeter wide receivers, which is what Will Fuller is. Everything Heifetz said. 200. <laughs> Man. Well, who else do you guys like on, um, on Houston this week, DK, DH. Do you like David Johnson as a play? Do you like Jordan Akins if people had maybe Johnny Smith or Eric Ebron on their team? I think both of those are solid. The other guy who has actually been more involved than I expected is Randall Cobb. He's kind mm. of their slot guy. Um, led them in receiving last week and I believe in fantasy points too. So those are definitely like good, re- like if you're if you need backup options this week because of the crazy schedule because that Titans uh, Steelers game is getting postponed. Yeah, look at look at the Texans. I think Aikens has quietly been pretty solid. He didn't have a big game last week, but he's been like running a ton of routes, getting a lot of targets, like the things that you want to look for at the tight end position. He's been he's been having those. So, um, and yeah, I like David Johnson. I mean, he like got like ninety seven percent of like the running back work last week. The the your preseason prediction how like uh, Bill O'Brien is going to make David Johnson a fan like a, a factor. He will make fetch a thing. Like his like, (laughs) like his job to like relies on it or depends on it is is actually coming true. So um yeah, David Johnson, solid play this week. Who's your guys' um favorite pick for if you take the first three weeks of the Texans offense and throw it in the trash? Who is your best pick to like improve the most in the remaining of the season? Will Fuller. You think it's Fuller? I still think it's Fuller. I'm not dying, I'm dying on this hill. Oh yeah, Watson. Watson too. Yes, sure. By extension, the whole the whole passing offense would be better. I just think Will Fuller is is a top fifteen receiver moving forward. He's just fantastic. This is your you're still this is your hill that you're going to die on. I, am, I will die here. It's fine. Leave me. Leave me you're, behind. Don't worry. You'll get bailed out because you'll get hurt. Hey, it's Danny. As soon as we stopped recording this episode, Will Fuller landed on the injury report with a hamstring strain. So, you know, I want to die. Monitor that. And remember that any prediction of 200 yards for Will Fuller could always be ruined by a hamstring injury. Okay, back to the episode. I want to just quickly shout out the state of Minnesota sports if the Vikings lose this game, because that would mean that the Twins will have lost, in the same week, the Twins will have lost 18 straight playoff games. The Timberwolves fans have to watch Jimmy Butler drag the heat to the finals and the Vikings would drop to 0 and 4 which would give them a 97 and a half percent chance of missing the playoffs in the same week. Damn, the A's are losing. Damn, I'm bummed. Oh, you, you can check the score of the A's but you can't text your mom back? <sighs> well, <laughs> I don't even know what she said. I haven't read it yet. Thank, yeah, that was kind of my point. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Hey, welcome to Ikea, where even this desk is circular. Huh, how so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your Ikea items for store credit. Or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. 
still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. DK, do you have another gut call for us? So this one has a little bit of a caveat because he just popped up on the injury report today, late in the week with a quad injury, but I'm seeing a Terry McLaurin spike week. Um, and by that, spike I am week? going to, def- yeah, like he, his points are going to spike up. Oh, uh, I'm going to okay. define that as 20 plus half PPR points. So yeah, basically the Ravens past defense has quietly not been super, super solid against receivers this year. Um, giving up 27.7 points per game to the position. It's like middle of the pack. And he's a slant and go guy. He actually, uh, McLaurin is, he leads the NFL in yards after the catch per reception this year by a lot. Um, He's averaging 11.2 yards after the catch per reception. The next closest is Cooper Cup at 6.8 yards. So he's he's almost double um, the next closest guy. He's just so fast, so elusive after he catches the ball. I mean, it really only takes like one or two big plays. He could, you know, he could take it to the house. It's not something you don't necessarily want to depend on, but I think he's just that good. He He's getting a good amount of targets. He's the clear, clear number one in this offense. So, yeah, and I think the other thing that's a factor in this game is he's going to get probably a lot of garbage time going up against, you know, a team that's probably going to come out and take the lead really early in the game, the Ravens. McLaurin's been up and down this year. He was the wide receiver 41 in week one, the wide receiver three in week two. Wide receiver 37 last week. So I'm guessing that's going to continue. That little, you know, pattern is going to continue this week. And I'm saying 20 plus half PPR points. I like it. I also like you going half PPR when you could totally skate by and do 20 PPR. You guys made me switch to the standard. Like we had to compromise because I'm a PPR guy. Heifetz is a standard guy. And I just, I don't know. I think in PPR. I think in PPR, but like half PPR is close enough. It's to be clear, just... my ideal fantasy scoring is points per first down because that actually matters. <laughs> I just don't think you should be able to lose two yards on a screen and like get points. I just think that's kind of dumb. Personally. I like this gut call, DK. My only worry is that, I don't know, what do you guys think of Haskins so far? He's been bad. Yeah. He's been bad. <sighs> he was like okay in that Eagles game. And I think, I, you know, people had a little bit of confidence. But I don't know. I saw some stat that he is like by far the least accurate quarterback in the league. Other than Wentz. The amazing thing is that Wentz is right there with Haskins in a lot of <laughs> yeah, those stats. That's, what's, that's what is yeah. mind-boggling. It's his completion percentage over expectation is like negative eight or something ridiculous. Yeah, so he has not been good, but I think I, I believe in Terry, Terry McLaurin a lot. Also, it's looking like Steven Sims is going to be out. So it, he's like really the only option in that offense other than Logan Thomas. So I think he's just going to get fed the ball. Okay, so you like McLaurin and you like CH as a top five back. Craig, do you have another good call for us? AJ Green, top 10 wide receiver this week versus the Jags. Everyone's out on AJ Green. Yep. I'm not. I'm not out. You know, last week he was like, yeah, I'm still like kind of getting back into game shape, just like figuring it out. Like, I'll definitely get there. Like, he's not hurt or anything like that. He's the same age as Julio Jones. I, I feel like everyone gets, they, people decide on when age matters. You know what I mean? Like with Larry Fitzgerald, no one ever, everyone's like, man, he's just so good. When he turned 30, I don't think anybody was like, well, he's going to fall off a cliff now that he's 30. But AJ Green's 30 and everyone's like, well, who knows? Well, I think it was the 30 and the foot injuries and the missing playing nine games in like three years. Well, I mean, I don't know. Julio Jones is 31 and his foot injuries. I think AJ Green is going to have a big week. All those predictive models that Josh Hermsmeyer does and uh, air yards. He's he's like top five in all of those. It's like you look at all the best receivers in the league. All of them are scoring well, and then like twenty feet down is AJ Green. Except he's he leads the league in end zone targets per game. He's third in air yards. He leads the league in should be touchdowns that were called off for like weird yeah. touchdowns or whatever. I mean, it, it's really one of those scenarios where like if he a couple couple bad calls if they went the other way, I think he'd be a completely different thought in everybody's mind. And the Jags have gotten torched. Philip Rivers torched them. Tannehill did. Fitzmagic, which isn't exactly like a sterling list of people. They give up an 80% completion rate. I just think Burrow and all of the Bengals win this week. And I think A.J. Green, the dude gets like 10 targets a game. I think he's going to have a top 10 wide receiver performance. I, I like what you're saying because A.J. Green, It's sometimes we can get lost in the advanced stats. But the advanced stats are saying it's the numerical version of, if you're watching the game with your eyeballs, A.J. Green should have had two touchdowns a couple of weeks ago. And we're so fickle with the narratives where it's if those, ga- if those calls hadn't been penalized and the plays had come back, We'd be like, oh, AJ Green's back, two touchdown game, or you know what I mean. It's just yeah. sometimes narratives are fickle, and sometimes the numbers can capture what we just shift 
somewhat fecklessly with outcomes, even though you can see how easily it could have been different. Yeah, I feel like everybody judges box scores, not the game. I have a question, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. Do you think people should start T. Higgins this year, this week? Or are you, are you waiting to see if like last week was a total aberration? I'm not starting T. Higgins. I would start Tyler Boyd. Yeah, it's such a classic thing to do is like, well, do you start Cedric Wilson this week? No. 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 So you're sticking with Green, you're sticking with Green and Boyd in that offense. And then I've been Higgins burned too many like, times where like a rookie goes off, you get all excited, you start him, and then he sucks. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what Justin Jefferson does this I week. I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say Justin Jefferson's gonna disappoint a lot of people <laughs> this week. DK, do you think that? I think that. So you're not starting Justin Jefferson if you're in like a normal 12 team. I league. would start him over any other rookie wide receiver. This week. Especially in a week like this. I would start Jefferson. Yeah, playing Houston. I mean, it's not like the Texans are great in the past defense either. The, so you're confident he's going to keep doing this, DK. Not 175 yards a game, but... Right, yeah. No, I don't I don't necessarily... Obviously, that's an outlier performance. He was our number one ad on Monday, right? Our number one By a lot. waiver yes. ad. Yeah. I think ju- I went back and watched his game and... Yeah, I mean, and the other thing, Danny, that we talked about before the season is there was a lot of worry that he was only a slot yeah. receiver. He it, he was only this guy that's going to be in there when they're playing three receiver sets and they play two receiver sets a lot. And all those worries are out the window because, like, he ran, I, I don't know the exact number, it was like 80% of his routes on yeah. the outside. He looked really good. He was doing exactly what he does in the slot, which is immediately get off the line, which is very important in the pro game because you can get bullied at the line by more experienced corners. He gets off the line and he's good at the catch point. Those are things that he did at LSU from the slot, but he's just doing it on the You're outside. You're right about now. that. I was concerned about that before the season. I was concerned about that before the season. You said, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. And you were right. He's he's fine with that. All right, Heifetz, we got a gut out of you. Start the Rams against the Giants. <laughs> the Giants have the worst pass blocking in the NFL and they're going against the all of the Rams. All the Rams, but no, mine no, mine is specifically is that the Rams are going to be a top 5 defense this week. And mm. but broader speaking, this is just going to be a real I think they're going to crush them. I don't remember you know if you guys remember the uh the Rams game that kind of announced the Rams was in week 1 a couple years ago they beat the Colts like 48 to 3 or something. I think I'm not expecting that, but I think it'll be like that. Like it, it, they're going to crush them. I think that every single matchup the Rams are better on every single unit of this team specifically at the trenches like Aaron Donald against the, I do not know how many Giants linemen they would need to block Aaron Donald it's more than two I think that Daniel Jones and I think I know Daniel Jones has 20 fumbles and 16 career appearances like he's more than a fumble <laughs> per game lock it lock locking in, a in seriously I'm, that's Daniel what I'm doing I'm locking in a fumble for for Daniel Jones and a top five uh, appearance for the Rams. I think they're going to get turnovers. I think they're a really good bet for a fuck, for a touchdown. And then I also would be pretty confident starting Jared Goff. If you need a streamer, if you've been playing Big Ben or whatever, I would plug Goff in. I would throw, I mean, obviously we love Bobby Trees, Cooper Cup, but hey, I just think all the Rams are a go this week in DFS and fantasy and whatever the hell you're doing. Every, every part of the Rams you can play this week, I want a part of. I want to ask you guys something speaking of the Rams because this is a good jump off and I've been thinking about it a lot this week. Is Daryl Henderson someone you're going out and trading for and giving up pretty good, like, chunk of value for? Like, are you going out aggressively targeting Henderson based on how he looked in this last game? Because he looked well, if you're going to do it, I would do it before this week because he's probably going to look really good again because the Giants are just, they're all like, again, and that's just not just me bitching because I'm a fan. It's pro football focus. They're the last graded pass blocking or run run blocking team. And I think they're bottom three in run blocking. I mean, sorry, run, run, stopping. They just they can't do anything. Mm. You know, I think you probably should go out and get Daryl Henderson, but I don't want to because I think I wanted Cam Akers to be a thing so much, and Daryl Henderson was so disappointing last year that I'm kind of still it's anchored in my brain that it's not going to work here. out. But I, I there's a ch- I think there's a chance that yeah we're just being negligent, and then come week ten he's like a top fifteen running back. There's always the chance he does he pulls like a Chris Carson. Yeah. And that's not even like as stark of a difference because Carson was a seventh rounder and he just outplayed Penny, who was a first rounder. But like the difference is Henderson was a third rounder. They that very next year they took Acres in the second round. So you like the draft capital would assume that Acres is the guy for them. They want to make him the lead back. But man, 
I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm having a very strong internal like struggle, especially in Dynasty of like, do I want to go out and like aggressively trade for Henderson? Or well, is go this get him. just, it's fine. you know, flash in the pan, flash in the pan, and then he's going to end up being like just the the Malcolm Brown, the backup or whatever. So I don't know. It's very tough, but I, I lean, I lean that Henderson could just straight up steal this job and be like the guy. Yeah, that would be a season long gut prediction. Then go get him. Okay, so Daryl Henderson is the number one running back in fantasy football. That's DK's bold prediction. <laughs> By the way, Jared Goff is a, a QB1. He's a QB9 right now. Yeah, quietly. All right, DK, you got a bold prediction other than Daryl Henderson, best running back in the world? I got a bold prediction, and it's not feeling as bold as your guys' is, or at least not Craig's. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not guessing any 200-yard games here, but Devontae Parker, 25-plus points in half PPR. I think this is going to be a big game for Parker. I think it's going to be a big game for the Dolphins' pass game because the Seahawks just haven't been able to stop anybody. Seahawks are giving up 60 and a half half PPR points to opposing receivers per game. <laughs> 60. Okay, so how deep does it go with Miami? Are we starting? Are you starting Preston Williams and Isaiah Ford if you have them on your team? It would probably be more like if a desperation situation because Preston Williams actually... He like not he didn't get benched, but he like played a lot less last week. He kind of got subbed in for. He hasn't been very good. I think he's still coming back from that ACL. He 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 was he was quoted in I think it was the Miami Herald or or something like talking about how, um, you know he's still under a year removed from his torn ACL. And a lot of guys like it's it really takes them over a year to get back to like where they really. So not Preston Williams, but someone like Isaiah Ford. For the people who caught their turn in the draft was you know Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith Schuster. And AJ Brown or yeah. something. People who are not playing this week now. Those people who are particularly desperate. Yeah, I think Isaiah Ford is a sneaky play, for sure. But just because the Seahawks haven't been able to stop anybody, I think I have faith in Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a yellow gamer. He's he's going to go out there and chuck the ball around. They're probably going to be playing from behind early on. So you know, if if the game script plays out anything close to what this played out with the first three games in the Seahawks, it's going to be the Seahawks jump out to a big lead. And then the defense gives up a whole shitload of yards and points. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. And I, yeah, it's it's in Miami, which is tough. You know, it's still tough to go travel across the country and, and play. So that gives the advantage to the Dolphins a little bit. So I think their passing game is going to be, you know, it's going to put up yards, put up points. And I would, you know, if you need if you need somebody this week because of how everything is gone, Preston Williams and Isaiah Ford. I agree with what you said because my bold prediction is that the Dolphins beat the Seahawks this week. Oh, I was just gonna say my really? non fantasy my non fantasy prediction is that this game is close. Yeah, I think the Dolphins beat the Seahawks, and please don't take that as like put your like refinance your mortgage to put money on the Dolphins money line. But rather, what I mean is exactly what DK is saying. Where <laughs> I just think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a solid. QB play if you don't need him in fantasy or two quarterback leagues, at least in DFS or whatever you're doing. I just like the Dolphins this week. I think Miles Gaskin could get goal line touches. I think the Miami offensive line isn't very good. The Seattle defensive line is worse, or at least not very good either. I So I agree. I think Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, I mean, if he gets playing time. But whoever's going to be on the field for the Dolphins this week, I think will do very well. This is a classic Seahawks to lose spot. It just makes so much yes, sense. It makes you know what so, I mean? That's the thing. It's just, it, we, we've all just been so on the Seahawks. I don't need a single Seahawks. stat. I just, I thought about it. I was texting my brother last night, the same thing. I was like, it just feel they're going across. I feel like whenever people on the West Coast travel to Miami, they lose. It's a 5,000 mile journey. Rivers used to do this all the time. They would always go to Miami. They'd be like four and one and they'd lay an egg. It's going to be hot and it might rain. What's the equivalent of 5,000 miles in like Europe? Just to give an idea here, because we think of it, oh, it's one country. 5,000 miles is a long way. <laughs> let's Hold on. Let's look it up. Because So it is actually 3,300 miles from Seattle to Miami. Really? Um, as the crow flies. Okay. Yeah. So let's do like, say, Paris more, ver, to... Diagonal. My, okay. London to Russia is 3,600. How many miles did you say? 33. Okay. But still, yeah. It's going London to Russia. It's a lot. It's My, a long trip. London to Russia is 3,600 miles. Russia's a big. What's where in Russia? <laughs> I imagine that's, a, that's a fair point. London okay, to Russia. The map is like the, you know, like kind of the middle of Russia. Russia's like the middle of ten thousand. I thought you meant the ten thousand miles wide. Yeah. No, it's dead center. It's London to the dead center of Russia. All right. Let me let me do this. It, okay. So Paris to to Moscow is twenty eight hundred. So not even that. Let's do Madrid. 
I don't know why my middle of Russia thing isn't good. Shoot Madrid to Moscow. <laughs> it's the biggest Madrid to Moscow is 4,100. So like it's around, you know, it's like ish. So what we're trying to say is it's a long trip. It's the yank, It's the length of Europe, essentially. Yeah. It's the length of Europe they're traveling. <laughs> but more importantly, it's because we've been gas. The entire everyone who's been watching football has been gassing up the Seahawks for three weeks and kind of ignoring the fact, you know what? It's a trap. They almost game. lost all those goddamn games where Russ looks so good. They almost lost them all anyway. So I, 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 like anyway, it. I think the Dolphins beat the Seahawks with the larger point being the Dolphins are not a bad team to go into this week. So I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So those are our, those are our gut gut bolds. I like them. Okay, let's draft these takes of which ones we like the most. I'm going to go first. Well, you got one and a half points last week. You got the most. Beautiful. most right. All right. Uh, I want Will Fuller over 200 yards receiving because nice. I, just <laughs> I just... Going for the money that ball. Just, I'm, I'm dying on the hill. I got to go to the top. All right. Fair enough. I, I'm going to go with the Rams will be a top 5D and Danny Dimes will fumble the ball. I'm just going the safe route. I'm going to play it safe. <laughs> Statistically get my point. likely. Yeah. All right. I'm going with... I'm going to double down on high fits and stuff. I'm going to go with Devontae Parker, 25 half PPR points, and Dolphins beat the Seahawks. Double money wow. ball, six points if I hit what? it. What? Oh, shit. Okay. So there's been three. Three. You just picked my three takes just back to back to back. I feel like Alabama right now with Nick Saban. I'm going with Renfro, top 20. This one's a walk in. This one's going to happen. <laughs> walk in the park. All right. High fits, you're up. Oh, I want the, I want the, uh, the Devontae Parker one. I'm going two bolts. We're going to hit both. I'm thrilled. Even though Craig already took that, though, didn't he? I already took Devontae Parker. Sorry. You got to go with either oh, CEH top five or Terry McLaurin. All right. CEH top five. That's that's easy money. All right. I cool. Like well, well, we'll reconvene next week. All right. Those are our picks. Excited for Will Fuller to have 300 receiving yards. All right. Let's get into our million dollar lineup for week three. Every Friday, we're going to make a FanDuel daily fantasy lineup. We're going to play for a million bucks. One million. One million dollars. No, we're trying to make a million dollars a week here. The year I turned 26 as the head of my own brokerage firm, I made $49 million, which really pissed me off because it was three shy of a million a week. Did we win a million last week? No, 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 no. No. Ah. (laughs) But we were close. Yeah, so who spurned us this week? We got Logan Thomas, you screwed us. Josh Kelly, <laughs> you fumbler. Well, really, it's Cedric Wilson. And Cedric Ate Wilson. CD Lamb's God, lunch. God damn it, Cedric. It was you know, Cedric. We, we end up picking guys who fumble. We had Ronald Jones we fumbled. And Josh That's what Kelly. I'm saying. Are we, a, are we just like a curse on these yeah, guys? Yeah, everyone gets fumbled. Them? Everyone's benched after the fumbles. Okay, well, no one, <laughs> no one fumbled this week. All right, so we're, right. Gonna, we're rolling with the million-dollar lineup. Again, we're entering the million-dollar... Con- Million dollars to the winner on FanDuel. We're trying to win a million dollars here. We're trying to beat like 600, 700,000 entries. So you got a little get a little creative here. And if we win, we will do one celebratory pod to gloat. And then and then I'm moving to the middle of Russia. Yeah, the middle. It's just somewhere in the middle. We'll never <laughs> find Craig again. Although I wonder how your service will be. Yeah, we won't even be able to Zoom. Who knows? Real quick, though, like I want to talk about who won a million bucks last year. The lineup for last or, week. Last week. The, li- the lineup for the million-dollar winner last week was basically the Seahawks stack. They had Russell Wilson, Lockett, and Metcalf. They had Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor at running back. Michael Gallup at receiver, and then Eckler at their flex, the Colts at defense. Basically, they're... Kind of a chalky wuss lineup, and he hit. Yeah, but their ace in the hole was Jimmy Graham. Yeah, Jimmy Graham won. I mean, yeah, Jimmy Graham was good and all, but like a monkey could have picked every other guy. Yeah, and so I guess that, that's that's my point. That's that's kind of what I was going to get at. Is our lineup this week is is I would I don't know if it's like chalky, but it's not like too crazy. And we're going to basically go with the the strategy where we go stars and a scrub. Well, and I think it's really about betting on a team that you think is going to do really well because if you hit that, like the Seahawks last week against Dallas, then your whole then half your lineup hits. You know, with Russ, Metcalf, and Lockett. So if you can predict the team that's going to explode, you're halfway there. Well, luckily, we just predicted the team that's going to explode. We're doing a Dolphins stack this week. That's what's going down. We're stacking. We're building around the Dolphins because, you know what? We're going big, and we'll probably go home, too, but whatever. (laughs) Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback, and we're also throwing in Devontae Parker, receiver, and we're throwing in Mike Kosicki at tight end because we want the Dolphins this week. Sorry, DK. Kosicki versus the Seahawks slot defenders. There you go. Bang. And Jamal Adams is probably missing this game. All right, so we're taking the uh, discounts from picking all the Dolphins. And we're putting it to running back. We're going to put Clyde Edwards-Alaire in at running back. 
because as DK said, Bedman as top five this week. And we're also getting Kamara against Lions because he's Alvin he's Kamara like and the Lions and the catches. Lions. Yeah. yeah. And then at receiver, shout out to Josh Hermsmeyer of Established the Run, who has this great air yards model. And this week, I, it's astonishing. DJ Moore is very cheap on FanDuel this week. He's very cheap on a lot of platforms. But DJ Moore just seems primed to just blow up either this week or very soon in the Cardinals. Man, I would be so happy if he did this. Yeah, I'd be so happy if he has a big game because he's my die, die on the hill guy. I thought one of you was going to have DJ Moore on one of your gut things. I think DJ Moore. I didn't want to double week. up on my, my, my die on a hill take from last episode. So, yeah. Oh, well, I had no shame doing that. Will Fuller is also in this lineup. <laughs> 200 <laughs> okay. yards incoming. Really excited about that. Mentioned Devontae Parker and are flexing, we're flexing Odell Beckham because you know what? It's now or never, Odell. It's now or never. And if he has a big week and you're season long, you should probably trade him. But this week, we like him against Dallas. Hopefully he plays, but he'll probably play. And then Rams defense because, again, Daniel Jones fumbles, et cetera. So this one, the wild card is, well, I guess it's the Dolphins. It's three Dolphins. It's right. probably not. It's probably not. I don't know. It's not. It's not a crazy lineup. It's not a wild, wild, wild one. I would say that Beckham is a bit like contrarian just because he's been so bad. Although I don't, you know, I don't know how widely he'll be owned. This he's week, so but. good, but he's been so bad that he's actually a good pick. That's where we're at now <laughs> with Odell. Right. This isn't the craziest lineup ever, but I think the idea is that we we're banking on the the Dolphins just going ham. All right. I'm excited for Will Fuller to either drag us to a million dollars next week or be in the burnt book. <laughs> I'm down either way, honestly. I'm not sure what's more satisfying. Okay. Beautiful. Anything else? What are you guys going to spend your million dollars on? Oh, a, a DACA in Russia. A what? Is that how you a say Daca? it? I never knew how to say that. Is it Dasha? Is that, I, I don't know how to say it either. Dasha or you know, Daca? The thing, if Dasha, anyone, the things the oligarchs have on the I'm lakes. sure we'll get corrected in our email. Yeah, if we I'm have any sure Russian followers, please will. let us know. I've always wanted one of those, though. <laughs> Russian followers or DACA? <laughs> Both. Okay, great. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to whoever's going to the real estate agent who will sell us one of those dashas or whatever. <laughs> thank you to Will Fuller in advance for the 200 yards. And thank you most of all to everyone listening. Best of luck this weekend, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>